we we think that you know besides the obvious of, of funding producers and in providing investor investment opportunities one of the things we we think is important is is connecting investors and you know many of these folks are urban as you can imagine um you know not not involved in that ag space connecting them with the food system because you know other than going to the grocery store or going to the steakhouse and buying buying a piece of meat they don't really understand how it's produced so when they take a an ownership or make a loan to a rancher themselves, they can see a little bit more visibility in how the you know those economies work and how how what the ranching life's all about. And we, yeah, you know, we work with a variety of producers, and they're all doing something a little bit different, and they're from different geographies across the United States. So there's a lot to learn there, and, and it's it's you know from our perspective, it's it's really interesting to work with all these different folks. Hey, hey, I'm Shay, and I'm your host for the Casual Cattle Conversations podcast, the beef producer's place to explore new ideas and management practices to improve their lifestyle and operation. Now, before we dive into today's episode, I want to let you know that I am now open for speaking gigs. So if you want me to lead a workshop, be on a panel, or deliver a keynote at your next event, you can connect with me on my website, casualcattleconversations.com, and just use the contact box and I'll get back to you. So with that, let's dive right in to today's episode. Well, good morning, Chris. It is great to have you on the show today. And I know we're going to talk about harvest returns and how harvest returns is helping farmers and ranchers find funding for their operations in a, in a non-traditional sense. So I think that's really exciting and interesting because that is such an important piece of farmers and ranchers being able to build up their operations. So I know we've had the opportunity to talk and visit in the past before about what you're doing, but I really, I always like to hear it in my guests' words because it's their story. So, you know, can you share with the audience, what is Harvest Returns? What do you do? Thanks for for having me on, Shay. Um, So we started Harvest Returns back in 2016, and I kind of come from the investor perspective. My partner, Austin Manis, has more of the farming perspective. He grew up uh, working on his, his family's farms in, in the Southeast U.S. And so I um, initially our idea was, hey, we would like investors to be able to take part in ownership of a farm or a ranch. And as we sort of move it on and, and, and funding some of these things and building our investor base, we saw that there was a really need, a strong need, especially in the ranching and the, the livestock and, and the cattle world for uh, outside investors, outside uh, sources of funding besides just the, kind of your traditional ag credit or, or uh, bank loans for um, these operations to expand and to um, grow their business and or or even start new operations. We work with a lot of multi generational folks that uh, they've maybe got a piece access to a piece of land in the family, but they they're starting from scratch as far as cattle and and. Mm-hmm infrastructure and things like that. So uh, we, we started the business and we've been picking up speed and we've got a pool of about 13,000 investors and they are really into ag and especially into uh, livestock. And we're one of the few places out there like that where you can actually invest in a ranch. So talk about how this funding is different compared to, you know, getting a line of credit getting a beginning farmer loan, whatever it may be, because that's what most farmers and ranchers are used to. That's kind of what we're taught to lean on and rely on. 
Whereas, you know, outside in the business world, it is more common to have investors. That is an opportunity. I know when I was in taking entrepreneurship courses, we were taught a bit about the investor world and what that can look like. So how does that process look different as far as funding? Maybe talk through what it looks like if someone works with you to give people an idea of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. So producers come to us and for several reasons, one is because they have already sort of tapped out maybe their credit with a bank or, you know, they're just starting out. Uh, maybe they, maybe they aren't um, able to secure a loan at, at favorable terms with, with the ag credit. Um, and, and the other reason they like us is because we're flexible. So we, we have, different types of investments. So all of our investors come in uh, looking for a couple of things. One, they want to make sure they get their money back, their money safe, but also they want a, a nice return. And on the producer side, what that looks like is, is we've done loans. We've done loans that are secured by land, by cattle, by equipment, by um, cash flows of the business. We've also done equity investments uh, where we're actually investing, taking a piece of the, taking a piece of the operation, letting the, the producer operate the way they're going to produce. Uh, we, we don't, we're passive investors. We, we don't really have a say in you know, what type of, how they're, how they're running their operation. We don't want to have a say in how they're running their operation. Obviously we do want to make sure that they're doing it in a, a favorable manner. So we get to our, our returns, but we producers come to us. We make an agreement. We talk about the terms, we go back and forth and then we put in front of our investors and they decide how much they're going to invest. Some investors might write a, a $10,000 check. Some investors might write a $200,000 check and then we pool all those together and then we either loan that money to their producer or we invest in the operation. So who are these investors? Like, why are they taking interest in agriculture? Because I'm assuming they're usually people outside of ag, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, if for the most part, most of our investors are not in the ag space. Some of them certainly are. Some of them are retired ranchers. Some of them, you know, retired farmers. Um, people in agribusiness, things like that. But for the most part, they're just people who are interested in agriculture. We we think that, you know, besides the obvious of, of funding producers and, and providing investor investment opportunities, one of the things we, we think is important is, is connecting investors. And, you know, many of these folks are urban, as you can imagine, um, you know, not, not involved in the ag space, connecting them with the food system, because, you know, other than going to the grocery store or going to the steakhouse and buying buying a piece of meat, they don't really understand how it's produced. So when they take a an ownership or make a loan to a rancher themselves, they can see a little bit more visibility in how the, you know, those economies work and how how what the ranching life's all about. And we've, you know, we work with a variety of producers and they're all doing something a little bit different. And they're from different geographies across the United States. So there's a lot to learn there. And, and it's, it's you know, from our perspective, it's, it's really interesting to work with all these different folks. So you mentioned that they're passive investors, so they don't necessarily have a say in how a farmer or rancher is operating. They don't necessarily have a say in that, but they do want to make sure that it is a viable business, that it is going to be successful. Mm-hmm. So then what does that look like? Like, how are you vetting these yeah. operations um, or entities to make sure that they are going to be successful and provide that return to your passive investors. Yeah. So, so the two basic things we look for with a producer are one, you know, agronomy experience doing what they've done, whether, whether that means they've been in the ranching business for 20 years or whether it means maybe they're in their young twenties and they're just starting out in their own business. 
but they've been working on, you know, grandpa's ranch since they were, you know, little bitty kids. So the, the being able to produce is obviously an important thing or have, and having a network of, of mentors, um, advisors, things like that, that if they are more junior in the production sort of realm and in business sense. So there's a lot of different ways that, that you can bring on that sense. One, you can do it with outside advisors, mentors who have been producing for a while um, or bringing together a team where you might have, you know, husband and wife team and, and one of them's focused on producing, one of them's focused on accounting and marketing and all those sorts of things, which as, as everybody knows, that's pretty common out here in the, in the ranching world. So um, we like those teams. We like, um, you know, the, some, some level of experience. And then we're going to go through some pretty common vetting that, that any sort of bank might do, but also, you know, outside investors, we're going to look at their, you know, if they've got a track record, if they've got, you know, financials for the past trailing years, we're going to want to see those, see what they've actually done with their operation. If they're starting from scratch, um, you know, we're going to see what, what you're going to do in the next five years, what your business plan looks like, how you're going to market, uh, how you're going to produce. We're looking at all those things. We're, we're not going to make a, a judgment. Well, we are going to make a judgment like, okay, this looks realistic or this is unrealistic. Um, you know, are they, their assumptions about market prices, their assumptions about, about sales, their assumptions about, um, how, how well they can do what they're going to do. Are those accurate? And, and then we do background checks on the, the founders, which are pretty simple. Same thing probably a bank would do. And then we, we package this all up and we put it in front of our investors and, you know, most we get, you know, it's not just ranching. We, we do all different kinds of kinds of uh, ag production, but you know, only about 5% of the folks that come to us actually make it on the platform. And then of those that make it on the platform, it's about 80% that, that fund. So, um, and that's to their minimum target. So what we ask producer to do is say, Hey, give us your best bet. If you can make, if you need $5 million, tell us, you know, to kind of get your dream operation going, tell us that what's the lowest check you could take? Um, you know, maybe that's $500,000 or $400,000. And that's really about the range of, of checks that we write to producers. And they come to us and we put it in front of the investors and then they decide. Sometimes they really like the deal and they will invest, you know, a million dollars, $2 million. Other times they're like, okay, this is passable. We'll, we'll, we'll try, you know, four or $500,000. And we've, we've got the, that full range of producers and not just producers, but we've done, you know, we're actually raising capital for a uh, uh, packing, a small uh, processing facility up in South Dakota right now. But uh, And we've done ag tech investments related to cattle. Um, we've done dairy. Uh, now, we haven't done a dairy operation yet, but we've done you know people that sell into the dairy industry. So agribusiness is not just producers. That's really neat. So do you offer like assistance for people who want to get funding to like put together solid business plans, or even if they've already been approved, like if they want some advice to make sure that they're on the right track still, do you have those support systems in place or what does that look like? So we, we do a little of that up front. you know, if they come mm -hmm. to us and, and they have a plan that looks pretty promising, maybe it's not the most beautiful thing. And maybe it's not, um, you know, it's not packaged in a way that our investors are really going to grasp it. But we think, hey, they're a great team. These guys know what they're doing. They just, you know, they know they've never made a business plan. Most people have never made a business plan. So when I say make a business plan, that's a that's a daunting task to a lot of a lot of folks. And and I understand that. I haven't been there. Um, so we, we do help with that. We show examples of like, hey, this is a really good one. 
y'all just emulate this, make it look right. We've helped on the marketing side with like, hey, just go out and tell us about your operation, do it on your iPhone, send us that video, take some pictures of your cattle, and then we'll turn it into a beautiful little two-minute pitch video. I've got some great uh, marketing folks that that do that for us. And that, you know, being able to see the operation is what really helps the investors and, and hear from their producers is what really helps the investors make up their mind. Like, hey, this is a solid op operator. He's got a great family. They're all in on this whole business. So let's let's give them, take a risk and give them some money. So are there specific types of producers and operations within the cattle space that you're really targeting or looking to work for? Like whether that's specific management practices, generational. I mean, I know you said you work with a wide variety of people, yeah. but is, are there specifics that you really are looking for? We we do like this whole new, you know, what's the word of the day? Regenerative grazing or holistic grazing or, you know, intensive grazing, whatever it, you know, they're sort of regenerating that. We do have some investors. Uh, you know, here's a funny story. I, one of our very first cattle investors um, or investments, it was a grass-fed uh, ranch in, in Georgia. And I had a meeting with this guy. We don't know all our investors, but we know some of them. And I had a meeting with this guy in Dallas. And he's, a you know, an urban guy, vegetarian. And he's he said, you know, Chris, I don't eat meat. But I really like this this ranch and what they're doing. So we're going to invest, you know, however much he invested in it. So that's that's kind of the range of interesting investors that we have on the platform. Some don't even like me for whatever reason, but they uh, they will invest in it. That is that is really interesting. But I think you know if there was a common ground that they were able to find, that's also really cool for them to want mm -hmm. to support um, mm -hmm. meat production and agriculture. Yeah, we we are outspoken. Um, advocates of agriculture because you know ag is a big space everybody who's watching this is probably in the meat industry or at least likes meat right it, however um you know there are those vegetarians and vegans and, and people out there like that that this is a completely foreign space to so even if they don't decide to invest if we can educate them a little bit on you know the benefits of of the meat industry from a you know, health perspective, from an environmental's perspective, beef gets such a bad rap and it's unfortunate as, as everybody here knows that, and it's not, some of it might be warranted, but most of it's not. So, you know, part of our mission is to, you know, support these American farmers and ranchers who are doing good things. So I kind of want to shift gears a little bit and get back to the process again. So if producers already have existing loans, are they still able to work with you? I mean, is it dependent on what they have going on with their bank already or what, what does that look like? Yeah. It, it, the, the easy answer is it depends. Um, we have uh, funded, you know, we've done like second liens on, on land we've done, um, you know, some people have equipment loans, but they don't have loans on that. We've collateralized the cattle themselves. So, you know, you buy a herd and it's insured uh, and, you know, it's, you're growing that herd and you're going to sell it at some point. We, we've taken, you know, that as collateral and we're trying to get better at that by having, you know, some of the cattle tracking systems involved. So we have a much better view of what the producer is doing. Um, and, and, Sometimes if you've got, you know, if you've got too much debt, maybe you need equity. So maybe you need some outside investors to, or time, own part of your operation. And then we will structure it in a way that you can buy us out at a certain point. So, you know, whether that's by refinancing 
the operation to pay us out at a, at a rate. Selling the operation on a cattle side, we don't see that very often because it's you know most of these folks are multi generational and they just want to keep it going. Um, but some of the other ag businesses, they you know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna build this thing, we're gonna get it operating, and we're gonna sell it and then pay us off. Uh, or we're going to take subsequent funding rounds. But like I said, that's not not very common in the, the cattle space. And then we, uh, you know, so we're, we're flexible and creative. That's the main thing that differentiates us from, uh, say, a bank. Okay, now back to the business plan standpoint. You know, you mm-hmm. said that's a part of it, as it should be. Um, but what if that plan needs to change? What's the flexibility there if they're working through part of it and they realize either you know, something within the business needs to shift a little bit mm-hmm. or something else changes. Like where's the flexibility on that if they do need to make a shift? Yeah. You know, life happens. Um, our main concern is always getting our investors their money back. So if a producer is doing something and he finds out it's not working and they decide to pivot, you know, that's what kind of what, what mm-hmm. we call is like, Hey, we were trying to do this cow-calf operation is just not working out, so we're going to get into something else. That's okay, as long as we get our money back. Um, now, we have that, I say that, and there's caveats, but but for the most part, that's what we want, and that's why we, you know, secure our loans, or we have equity investments that have, you know, certain caveats in, in them. You know, and, and it's happened. We had a producer um, who... COVID happened, and they were just, their whole model just didn't work, and they were, you know, they were paying us interest and they got out of the cattle business and they continued to pay us interest till they sold the land and paid off the note. And yeah, that was fine. It was disappointing, but it worked out fine because nobody lost any money. And, you know, in the end, we were all happy. So what has been like the producer's response to this? How are people in agriculture liking having passive investors um, for funding instead of going to use traditional bank loans? Like what has their response been? Yeah. So the feedback we've gotten from our existing producers is, is obviously, you know, when you write somebody a 500, 700, $800,000 check, and they've been, you know, trying to get that for a while, they're happy. Um, but they, they like the way we do business. Um, they like the flexibility that we bring to the table that they may not have in other ag financing sources. And, and I'd say a lot of our uh, business is actually a referral business, which re- really surprised me at first because, you know, I, I didn't, it, you know, everything's a small, small world, right? You know, cattle industry, people tend to know each other. Row crop industry, people tend to know each other, know all the players, all those sorts of things. So um, we've gotten referrals and, you know, raised capital based on on referrals and, and uh, that tends to work well for us. So... When you have producers work for you, what are some of the main challenges maybe that they face? Because mm. whether that's through mindset or it's just different, like what are some of those maybe hurdles or challenges that they need to overcome first or during that process? Yeah, that's the question. So I think the first thing is, you know, as we're in the let's decide to go forward and raise money for for this business or not is just getting their arms around a concept because it's it's different it's different in the ag world and it's different especially in in you know the ranching industry so making sure everybody's on the same page is like this is step one this is what's going to happen step two 
we're going to put this in front of our investor. Step three is they're going to decide how much to fund you. Step four is we're going to execute these notes, whether it's promissory note or a subscription agreement to invest into your operation, to your company. Step five is you're going to run the company. You're going to do what you told us you were going to do. Um, you're going to provide us with updates, financials. And, uh, you know, I, I would say in, in the most part, cattle, our cattle folks are much better at that than some of the other folks uh, that we work with, some of the other types of farms that we work with. Um, and I think it's because they've got to constantly, you know, their inventory is always changing. Their, mm -hmm. their herds are, are expanding or contracting or they're going to auction or selling or whatever, you know, so they're just better. At, I think they're better at numbers in a lot of ways than, than some other types of producers. Um, and then just making sure that they, they are, you know, on the same page with us and, and our investors as far as what the expectation. So a lot of it's education uh, upfront and then ongoing. Do the investors ever go out to the operations to see what's going on? I mean, does it, you talked about that education side of uh -huh. it. So I'm just curious, you know, that I could see that being really cool. I could also see people not wanting people to be out there. So I'm just curious what you see. Yeah. And, and so one of the stipulations that we do make when we work with a producer is, Hey, we've got investors and they're writing checks, um, you know, 10,000, $100,000 that, they, they may want to come visit you, you know, they're passing through town or whatever. Um, so that's part of the deal that our expectation is whether it's us, we will go out and, and inspect operations. Just, Hey, are there cows? You know, we're not going to do like an audit, but we're going to say, all right, they're looking, you know, they're, they're doing what they said they were doing. It looks like they're operating. Everything's good. And part of that is just to make sure that see if there's anything we can do for the producers, but yeah, visiting the, the ranches. One of them, you know, one of our producers even, he made a whole business out of, or a, you know, business line where he he gives these ranch tours, um, kind of agritourism and they go and they visit the, visit the fields and they check out the cattle and he runs through the whole sort of, he's a, he's a regenerative guy. He runs through the whole sort of thing. And then they go and they sit around the campfire and have hamburgers or, you know, some sort of, some sort of, of his products. So, so I think that's, you know, I think that's awesome because one, it's it's helping him make a little bit more revenue, but also, you know, bringing not just investors but the that local community a little closer to uh, to the the ranch. And this guy happens to be operating outside of San Diego, so he's within a pretty close proximity, you know, an hour drive to big urban centers in L.A. and San Diego. So he can do that. A lot of you know, a lot of our ranchers up in the Great Plains, like. You land in an airport, you got five, five, six more hours to drive to get to uh, the ranch. Um, so it's it's a little different situation. <laughs> I know I'm personally uh, an hour from the closest airport and that airport only has four terminals. So, <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, we've got we've got producers in Montana and Idaho and in places like that where where it can be a bit of a haul. Have you seen a lot of producers trying to do like agritourism or even just other avenues of trying to create additional revenue streams off the land they're already farming or already ranching I mean is that a trend you're kind of seeing I know I've talked about it before it's been over a year we've talked about it on the show with a different mm -hmm. group but I'm just curious what that looks like We've seen a little about of that. You know, one of the things that that we like and that we've seen more and more of is is kind of that direct to consumer marketing. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we know how this business works. You got producers, you got sale barns, you got feedlots, you got 
you know, big packing houses and you've got any variety of those from small to large, right? From the 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 the, the big four uh packers of the world down to you know smaller mom and pop, which which we are we're raising money for one of those 25 head per day uh processing um facilities right now. So all those people get a piece of the, that that cattle that the producer, you know, works really hard to to get going or, you know, has some piece of that, you know, whether it's cow calf or or background or whatever that they are in the uh, process. Mm -hmm. And so we like producers who are like trying to capture more of that value chain on beef. So whether it's, you know, they sell some of their meat, maybe to, uh, some of their cattle to auction, maybe some goes to some sort of direct consumer sort of thing where they're doing their own branding. And the most successful ones seem to be really good at the marketing piece as well. I, I'm sure you, I know you've had folks like that on your, your yep. podcast. So, yeah, we, we see that, you know, it's, it, it's a big industry and and not every producer can do that, but some of them certainly can. And we like, we like to work with those folks. Well, thank you for explaining that. Now you really get to see the business side of farms and ranches. And sometimes I, I do really think as an industry, cattle producers are getting better about viewing their operations as businesses and not mm -hmm. just lifestyles. Mm -hmm. But I'm always curious because there are, it's still a shift that's happening. So what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people make on the business side of their operations? Because you said you're not really approving a whole lot of people for mm -hmm. funding. It sounds like, was that 5% that you said? Yeah, that's all. And I don't, our, I would venture that our, I don't know the statistic, but on the cattle size, probably a little higher than that. 5% is all the deals that come to, to come to us, but um, cattle size higher. We definitely have a higher, we're, we're basically a hundred percent. Like every cattle deal that has made it to the platform has funded, which I can't, mm -hmm. I, it's only about 78, 79 for other types of businesses. Um, because like I said, we like cattle and, and it's been done well for us and it's done well for our investors. So mistakes, I don't know. I'd say, you know, it is a commodity business for the most part. So differentiating, differentiating yourself from that commodity or, you know, reducing that risk is important. But you know, one of the things about business and especially on our, our kind of business, which is investing is risk management, right? So if a producer doesn't understand what his or her risk are, that's a problem. So whether that's, you know, just the death rate of the cattle happens, disease happens, you know, cows freeze to death, all those sorts of things. Um, knowing that and mitigating against it with insurance, the, the pricing, pricing, you know, fluctuations. So whether they're doing some kind of hedging or some kind of, uh, you know, forward contracts or whatever that looks like. And these, of course, you know, we're talking a certain size. If you're just, a hobby rancher, this stuff probably doesn't apply to you because you're probably not going to raise money with mm -hmm. us. You're just, you know, and if you come to us, we're probably going to say, hey, that's just not a significant enough operation for us to invest in. But um, understanding your your numbers is just a big, big part of deal. There's, you know, there's there's all kinds of ag extension programs out there. There's universities that are willing to, you know, have students work on projects, you know, for a rancher. Um, there's Ranch management, man, we have a great ranch management uh, uh, certification here in at Fort Worth at, at TCU, uh, the ranch management program there. There's all these sorts of resources out there that the average producer, if they spend a little time, they can reach out to and help them formulate their business plan, 
get get help with producing um and if they're not taking advantage of that that's that's you know that's on them that's that's a problem because there's there's plenty of resources out there all right well chris thank you very much for your time today as we wrap up what final message do you want to leave the audience with whether that's about um, running their cattle businesses or getting involved with harvest returns well, I'm not going to give any uh, any production advice because that's just not my thing. But if you want to, uh, you know, if you're thinking about bringing in some capital, maybe you've had a couple conversations with the bank and they've told you no, um, or they they can do some of what you want, but not as much as you want to get to where your dreams are. Come, just come talk to us. You know, you don't have to have a business plan right away. We have a couple conversations, kind of point you in the right direction, tell you what you need to do, and uh, you know, you can call us. Or you can go to our social media. You can email us harvestreturns.com is where you start at. So we'd be happy to talk to you. Absolutely. And I'll make sure that link is also in the show notes so that people can easily find you. Thank you again, Chris. Thanks, Shay. And that's a wrap on that one, folks. Thank you for tuning in today and joining in on the conversation. Be sure to take this a step further and take the advice you learned and implement it on your operation. If you want to have a conversation about it, head over to my social media and send me a DM by following at Cattle Convos and connecting with me there. Have a great day.